listening to The Truth About Dinosaurs podcast, where we dig up the facts about when and how dinosaurs lived and died, and unearth new discoveries that will make you roar! I'm your host, Eli. Let's find out what we'll discover on today's show. Welcome back to another episode of the Truth About Dinosaurs podcast. I'm back with my co-host, Matt Miles, and today we're going to talk about flying dinosaurs and some crazy ideas that are out there. And, spoiler alert, flying dinosaurs did not turn into birds. Uh, Matt, before we get any further, can you introduce yourself, please? Sure. Uh, Good morning, Eli. This is Matt Miles, and I uh, work with a ministry called Creation Truth Foundation, and I am so glad you've invited me to come hang out with you on this podcast. I've spent the last 16 years, Eli, way older than you are. Um, studying dinosaurs and more specifically something that excites me even more than dinosaurs or pterosaurs since that's what we're talking about today is the Bible. I absolutely love the Bible and so I really like studying it first and then going out and studying fossils and different kinds of of dinosaurs. Well did you know that learning studying the Bible Yes. Is actually studying dinosaurs in a way? Sure. Just wait until we get into our scripture. Okay. Right now. All right, let's do it. Flying reptile or flying dinosaur in Isaiah 36 and Isaiah 14, 29. Reference the fiery flying serpent. Mm. So, pterosaur is Argus. So, Isaiah 36. Is that, th- is, is that chapter 30, verse 6? Yes. Chapter 30, verse 6. Okay. The burden of the beasts of the south into the land of trouble and anguish. From where come the young and old lion, the viper and the fiery flying serpent. Fiery flying oh. serpent. Notice that word at the end. Well, three words, technically. Fiery, flying, serpent. Yes. Which we reference to as pterosaur. (laughs) Yes. The flying, yes. uh, One translation says darting or flying snakes. It translates it snakes. I don't know. I like the flying reptile idea better. I think that's closer to what the Hebrew is. Yes. Very cool. Okay, do you have any others? Now comes chapter 14, verse 29. For out of the serpent's root shall come forth a viper, and his fruit shall be a fiery flying serpent. Fiery flying serpent. There it is again. Yes, yes, there it is again. But Very nice. Notice that whole part. For out of the serpent's, which it's referring to as a snake, Mm-hmm. Root shall come forth a viper. Now, what's a viper? Viper's like a poisonous snake. And his fruit 
shall be a fiery flying serpent. So what it's mm. trying to say sure here is like snake mm. to from snake to fiery flying serpent. Sure. Yep. So they're maybe related somehow, maybe? Maybe. That's kind of interesting. That's an interesting thought. Yes. So, what do you think about these flying fiery serpents and the the things that we find in the fossil record? Do you think they're some of the same things? Yeah. And oh, okay. we'll get to more of what you just said. Yes. Down for my questions for you and time and oh, wrapping okay, it up. So later. so later. Oh, okay. All right. Yes. 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 So, all the names of these flying reptiles have a meaning. Anorognathus, okay. tailless jaw, Quetzalcoatlus. Whoa, 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 whoa! Hang on, hang on, hang on. Anorognathus. What? And. What was the name of that first one? Anorognathus. Anorognathus. Yes. Anorognathus. Yes. Ooh. And what does that mean again? Tail, tailless jaw. Okay, cool. Quetzalcoatlus means feathered serpent god, named by the Aztecs. But it's not actually a god. There is only one god. I totally agree. Only one god. But the Aztecs, they worshipped all kinds of stuff. And so they even you're telling me cows. I eat No wait a minute, you're night. telling me that they even worshipped a Quetzalcoatlus. Quetzalcoatlus. Quetzal okay, yeah, I'll leave that to you. Uh, that pronunciation thing. I think some of these names are kinda they're kinda crazy. Kinda hard. Me too. Trust me. <laughs> so wait, so they the first time So they had a god that was a they worship something as a god that might be one of a flying reptile we have in the fossil record. Yes. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Oh, really? Oh, so the way that really? kind of means maybe we live with them, like we talked about in an earlier episode. Yes, 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 yes. yes oh, that's yes, a good. Yes. That's good. Okay. Quetzalcoatlus. I don't know. Um, Pteranodon means winged and toothless. Yeah. Winged and toothless. No teeth. And toothless. And how do you say that one again? Ter ter on a don. Also pronounced as I say pteranodon so many times I forget what I call it all the time. Um pterodactyl. Well, and for those in the It's yeah, some pteranodon or yes. pterodactyl. Either Pteranodon is a kind of pterodactyl, if memory serves me right. Nope, it's the, the same thing. It's just a different way of saying it. Oh, uh, okay. Well, for those in the audience that can't see your notes, Pteranodon actually does not start with a T, does no, it? No, it starts what with does a it start P, with? P. Oh, Except so the for P your audience, silent. the P is silent. So when you see a flying reptile's name that starts with a P and has a T... As the second letter, the P is always what? Just pretend, like, if you see, a, like, one of these names and it starts with a P and yes. there's a T after the P, like, just mm -hmm. pretend that P is erased off the page and then just okay. look at the T. Oh, the English language. What fun. 
not really. I have. So we got another one. Give me another okay. one. Okay. Ram for I guess it's. Ram for Ram for what? Ram for Ram for That is a really hard one to say too. Just say, just say it how you said, except without the ramp. R. Ramp. For is it ramp? No, it's ram. Farinkus. Yeah, like that. Ramfarinkus. Okay, I think I got it. What's it mean? It means narrow beak. Its oh, beak was so okay. narrow that that's what its name yeah. meant. <laughs> silly. Now oh. isn't that silly? That that does seem seem kind of silly. So, Eli, if we're talking about flying serpents. In the notes, it says you have you have reports of historical reports of flying serpents. Uh-huh. Why don't you give those to us right quick? Okay. Um, maybe these could be pterosaurs. Oh. Well, who knows? Okay. Reports as recent as 2004 from Papua New Guinea. Oh, yes. What they call the ropin, described as a large creature, leathery wings, long tail, with a flame, with a flang on the end, and a flan, flan. Is it flange? Flang. Flange. Flang. Flange. It's a flange. That means a a flat spot. I I think flange. it's a flang. I keep saying flang for some reason <laughs> on the. On the end, and a beak filled with sharp teeth and razor-sharp claws. Oh. 15 to 20 feet wingspan. So, before Ooh. we get any further, so, my show notes are, what I have here is kind of confusing. Mm-hmm. Papua New Guinea, what they call the ropin. That yes. would make you think that they call Papua New Guinea the ropin. But, no, that's... That's like oh. a pterosaur they saw. That's what they Papa call the pterosaur. Papua New Guinea is a place. Yes, that is good that you clarify that. Um, potentially what lights up the night sky in areas of Papua New Guinea. Yes. Really? Really? They light up the night sky? Potentially. Okay. All right, then. But they had wings that were leathery, yeah, so that that does that mean like... That would mean like a bat wing, right? That's what yeah, they mean by that. Of. It has a wing that's not feathered. No, no feathers. In other words. Right. Okay. Kind of gotcha. kind of like a pterosaur. All right. That does. It kind of sounds like a pterosaur. And razor sharp claws. Yeah. And sharp teeth. And teeth. Makes hmm. you wonder if it's a rampharynchus. I was going to say, that would be my first guess. Would be a rampharynchus. And, and the flange... The Rampharynchus has mm-hmm. that, most people think, too. Do you know if they've ever found a Rampharynchus in the fossil record that was 15 or 20 feet no. wingspan? But based... No. But based... No, you haven't found it, or no, you don't think they have? Uh, But based upon the research I've been doing for yes. to get this down, written down... Um, yes. Yeah, the Rampharynchus could have... A wingspan of 15 to 20 feet. Okay. Yeah. So that's the right size. Got it. Okay. But I said could, cool. not does. Right. 
it could. There's a lot of we should always we should always say could when it comes to things that we have that we think are are extinct. Then we we probably should say could most of the time. Yeah. Right. Because we can't really study them alive, so we're not real real sure. No. Okay. All right. What else we got? Well, we're wrapping it up. Yes, already. Oh, we're wrapping it up already. Wow. Okay. But wait, you haven't asked me any questions. Well, yeah, it's questions for Matt now. Oh, oh, okay, <laughs> all right. So, Matt, could one of the flying reptiles we're talking about here be what is referenced in Isaiah? Ooh. Because, you know, the pteranodon is mm-hmm. potentially, its crest could have potential, potentially been to make fire. Okay, uh, maybe, yeah. Potentially. I mean, there, there's, I suppose, so there could be a possibility that they, they had that. Because there were some pteranodons, there are some species of pteranodons that have really, really large crests. Um, there's one that we used to carry in our collection when we would come to, to churches and schools and things. Um, we had one that was a 25-foot uh, wingspan. Uh, if memory serves me right, it was a pteranodon sternbergi. And its crest was probably two and a half or three feet tall. Um, and so from the top of its crest to the front of its beak was over six feet. So his head was over six feet long. That's um, big. He was, he was really, really big. <laughs> and so we didn't set him up all the time because there were a lot of places we went to that, that he wouldn't fit. <laughs> so, like our church. Um, our church is probably. pretty small. Probably, and yeah. So small that when we get more people than expected, we have to set up chairs in the back. Hey, that's always a that's always a good problem to have, right? I know having more people in church than we can fit in the in the chairs. That's always a good problem. So this flying reptile, okay? I do. I I think your question to me that could we have flying reptiles? Could they be what is talked about or referenced in Isaiah? I very much believe that could be what what they were still dealing with. Um, years. I mean, this is this is lots of years after the after the flood too. So how does the right, Anorognathus fly with such a big skull? Doesn't the size of the skull make it hard to keep lift or get lift off Ooh. at all? That's a really good question, and that that. I, one, I don't know, because one, I've never seen an agnor. Oh gosh, I can't even say an the name. Anarognathus. Yeah, you're getting better. I have one, have never seen one fly. Um, so, as far as we know, they did. Um, here's one of the things in in recent years. There were some paleontologists that didn't think any of these guys could fly, any of these pterosaur flying reptiles um but as we began finding skeletons there's a there's a little bone that's near their little digits on their on their arm their little finger digits if you will um that is the same kind of bone that we see in flight birds today birds that fly so that bone gives us an indication that maybe they they could fly um and so there's lots of guys that are starting to study that now and try to see if, if how many of them had those little bones. Um, and so that gives us a better clue about how they might have flown. Now, whether his skull was too big or not, 
I have no idea because it all it all has to do with um, the design of their wings and body. Because my, my mind goes to birds we study today, and there's some birds that have really, really big heads to their body, but they don't have any problem flying. So, you know, maybe, I don't know. That would be, That's a good question. Some paleontologists believe that the Anorognathus could fly. They just needed some practice and oh. height. Lots oh, so and more lots like a, of height. Like dive off a cliff. Yeah, like... Just okay. walk to the yeah. edge of a cliff. That probably would help. Jump off, and then when you get near the surface, right. just start flapping You better figure it out before you hit the bottom, right? Is that how it works? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What some paleontologists believe, yes. but we can't. So, what? have you got more questions? Um. Yes. How does the Quetzalcoatlus get off the ground when it's so big? One fossil found a wingspan of 52 feet Woo. though most specimens show a much smaller wingspan of 18 to 30 feet but the squat but the question still remains mm-hmm. how can quetzalcoatlus get off the ground when it's so big i have no idea because some paleontologists believe that it didn't even jump on right. off a cliff like the anorognathus it just stood on a yes. perfect piece of ground and then jumped and started flapping you know what we don't know i mean uh, there are there are lots of uh there i can think of one two probably four airplanes that we have designed that humans have designed that are absolutely huge that you would never think could ever fly but they do also and you know why they they fly because of their design so I would say the same thing about a Quetzalcoatlus. If the Lord designed a Quetzalcoatlus to fly, he flew. Now, whether we know if they flew or not, that's a different question. And I don't I don't know. I think that's a good question. And that's a question we may never be able to answer perfectly, right? Because unless we find one alive, it's going to be very hard for us to say for sure that they flew a certain way. So... Um, I would say we don't know for sure, but quite possibly. Well, how's that? There was a sighting of uh, mm-hmm. some sort of pterosaur, like only like mm-hmm. five years before I was born. Yep, yep. So I, I have I have no problem thinking about them flying. No. So, so you got any other questions um, for me? Yes. Oh, you do. Okay. Why do you think the tail of the Rampharynchus needed to be so much longer? Maybe to assist with balance or agility? Sure. That very well could be. We see that in several animals that we can study today. Um, they use their tail, especially if they have a longer tail, to help them in certain certain conditions, certain kinds of, of things that they do. Um, so, yeah, most likely it probably did. So am I all done? You no. have more questions for me? One more. One more. Oh, I have more. more. Okay. All right. Why does the Pteranodon okay. have a crest on its head and none of the other pterosaurs do? Well, oh. almost none of the oh. other pterosaurs that I... Right. Well, none of the other pterosaurs that I know about, anyway. Right. Could the crest have allowed it to blow fire, like mm. we read in Isaiah, similar to what oh. they think other crested dinosaurs could do, like Parasaurolophysis? Oh. 
Right. Like, I have right. this book called Dinosaurs mm-hmm. by Design. I got some of my ideas out of there. Sure. And it had this page where it talked about a Parasaurolophysis yes. and its crest. It might have not used mm-hmm. its crest to honk and make honking noises. Right, like, to make noise. Honk, right. honk, honk. Right, it that's might have the... used its crest to blow yeah. fire. It actually... My, may, uh, maybe. Yeah, it actually... Maybe it, so. It actually had a picture of inside the crest and what, if it, what it would have mm-hmm. looked like if it used its crest to breathe fire. And it fit perfectly. Oh. It fit perfectly. Oh. Sure. So the question, though, to me is, is do I think the pteranodons, with their crest, if they breathe fire, is that the question you're asking me? Yes. Yes. Oh. Well, they did have, they had the Tronodons, um, Sternbergi, Longiceps. Those are two I can think of off the top of my head. They both had crests. Um, they've been found in different, at different ages, most likely, which had different size of crests. But there's some guys that, that believe, some paleontologists that believe that maybe they were a male or female, depending on the crest size. So a smaller crest maybe was a female, bigger crest was a male. That's possible. Now, whether they could breathe fire or not. Hmm. Hmm. I would have to say I don't know. But some things that I would look for in the research would be if those crests were hollow first. That would be the first thing I'd look for. If the crests were hollow and were the crests connected, if they were hollow, did did, did they have a way to get something that was housed inside of them, if there was gases or whatever, that they would breathe out as fire, are they connected with some kind of a channel or a tube from the hollow crest to their mouth or their nose? Well, that would be what I'd look well, for. Well, as so, far as I, don't know. I saw all that thing of mm-hmm. the crest, yeah, there was tube. There was tube. But that's just right. a conclusion. Okay. Otherwise, an yep. idea. So have you got more questions for me? No. Oh, okay. But we're going to have to talk about underwater dinosaurs on the next episode. Okay, so next episode is what? Marine reptiles? Yes. Awesome. And so is the episode I'm looking forward after to that. It. Part one and two. Well, this two. is a good, this was a good, good talk today. Uh, looking forward to the next one. Yep. And we'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Truth About Dinosaurs podcast. If you love the show, please leave me a review by going to truthaboutdinos.com forward slash review. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast listening app. And please consider supporting the show by going to truthaboutdinos.com forward slash support. Your generous support helps me acquire new research materials to continue unearthing the truth about dinosaurs. See you on the next episode.